22nd pick in the 2020 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. Sports Talk with Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, and the free KWSN mobile app on your phone or on your smart speakers. Free and easy to download. Good to have you, whether you're in your car, your home. It's a nice day. Maybe you're out running and we're on your phone. John Gaskins with Craig Maddock. I, I really haven't heard anybody question the Minnesota Vikings' two first-round draft picks yet, Craig. It seems to be a universal A for the first round and A for the overall draft for the Vikings, but the A's have a lot to do with uh, who Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer went up and got for picks 22 and 25. Right. I wanted to tackle done right away, but they waited uh, until the uh, second round to get it done. But for the most part, they drafted for need, got the guys they wanted. Now it's up to the guys to see if they can perform at that level. Minnesota Vikings radio analyst for over a decade, played for the team in the late 90s, was an assistant coach in the Mike Tice years, 01 to 05. The analyst, Pete Bursich, joins us on the Tires, Tires, Tires fan line. You hear him in the booth with Paul Allen every Sunday. Yeah, we'll give you some golf claps, yep. Pete. Studio, studio yes. Uh, so you've told me you're into uh, development at Hill Murray High School. You're head football coach there, uh, quarantined like the rest of us, doing work virtually, but also just give people an idea of how much you have watched uh, some of these early Vikings draft picks and what you think of them. Well, I mean, I had, you know, through the Vikings Entertainment Network with, uh, you know, again, uh, all the distancing, a um, lot more computer work and film work at home. So I've got, you know, I've had the chance um, not necessarily to watch complete games, but enough plays and some highlights and things like that where you can get a, a decent feel uh, for the strengths and weaknesses or whatever of, of, uh, of the players that they drafted. So it's a, you know, didn't really have that opportunity before because by now they'd probably be in town and they'd be out there practicing or running through things so you can see them on the hoof. So it's the best we can do right now, and, uh, you know, we're doing it. With Justin Jefferson, uh, I've heard you describe him as more and beyond your typical slot because a lot of stats out there about how often he's lined up there, how many touchdown passes he catches in the slot. For those that don't know by now, for that national champion LSU team, top three in the country this past year with Joe Burrow throwing him top three in yards, touchdowns, and uh, receptions. What do you see that goes beyond your typical slot? Well, I mean, you, you know, you, you get the uh... – you know, you, you hear that as a question, and I guess for for me, watching you know watching him play, you you know he in the NFL a slot receiver is like a Julian Edelman, right? You got a, a smaller guy who's very shaky, very quick, runs a lot of underneath routes, possession routes, move the chains, catch everything thrown your way. I mean, despite Jefferson being a slot receiver, 
that's not the route tree that you see him run. I mean, he's made, he runs most of his big plays, and trust me, there are a lot of explosive plays uh, that the young man had, uh, are, you know, crossing routes or wheel routes, you know, and, and different things like that. So they're routes that are down the field. Now, he, he's going to have to learn how to run speed, you know, the speed outs and the stop fades and the hitches and, you know, different routes like that. Um, you know, the quick slants or something that he runs as a slot receiver. So, yeah, his route tree is going to need to grow a little bit. But you're not – you're not. my point is, is he's not like a Julian Edelman type. He's not a he's, – he's much more like a Stephon Diggs type receiver than, uh, than a slot receiver. I know 100 of his 118 catches and I think 17 of his 18 touchdowns came from that slot position. But – don't think that there's you're you know you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with him because he's definitely not running your NFL traditional slot type routes. So where does he fit in with Adam Thielen, BC Johnson, Tajay Sharp, Chad Beebe, Justin Jefferson? How do they all fit together? Well, he you know he has the the talent and ability to be you know right you know be the number two receiver with Adam Thielen. Um, you know, and, and the one thing that, you know, we have to understand with, you know, with our quarterback is he's not he's, he's not the kind of guy that is going to throw to a specific receiver a majority of the time and even throw it to him when the guy's covered. I mean, he's going to go with the football to where, you know, where the coverage dictates and all those things. So um, what he needs to have and what we need is someone that can get behind a defense. What does that mean? You look at Stephon Diggs' numbers two years ago, compare him to last year. He averaged about 10 yards a catch two years ago. Last year he was in the 17s, somewhere in the high teens, which was the biggest single-season gain in the NFL. Those big plays over the top, the ones that score touchdowns, the ones that make defenses afraid, or make them change their game plan where they don't feel like they can just settle in and stop the running game and not worry about the pass getting behind them. And so that that explosiveness is what he needs to add. I mean, Thielen is the route runner. Thielen is the is the guy underneath. He's the guy that can, has you know the wiggle that can, he can get himself open. Uh, Jefferson needs to be the explosive part of this passing game. Speed Bursich, Vikings Radio Network, right here in Sports Talk with Craig and John. Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230 and KWSN. What about Jeff Gladney? He was the uh, second uh, pick in that first round for the Vikings, the corner. Is this a guy that uh, could be starting on day one? Well, you know, between he and Dantzler, one, I think one of the two is going to be uh, just just by default. You, you know, you have to. Um, you know, uh very, you know, he's a he's a tough kid, very intense kid, uh, very quick. You know, he, he in the stereotypical size of things. You know, yeah, at five ten, he may not, you know, he's not that six foot two corner like Dantzler is. But you know, you, you watch some of his games and you you see what teams try to do to him. Uh, he played against a big receiver from Iowa State. I forget his name off the top of my head. But the big receivers try to get physical with him, and it doesn't work because he's a very physical-type player. You know, he calls himself a physical speed demon. 
That's how he refers to himself. So uh, very quick, a very good blitzer. So, you know, when that, when, when you look at the ability to blitz and the ability to time the blitz and do those things, you look at him being maybe, a, you know, a, in playing in the slot in nickel situations like Mackenzie Alexander. Mackenzie Alexander, I believe, had five sacks um, with last year or the year before. I mean, he had a very productive year rushing the quarterback, and uh, Jeff Gladney is definitely the kind of kid that can do that as well. So I think there's some position flexibility there for him. Is there anything, or should I say, of course there are some things, he'll be a rookie. He's coming out of college. What, what will Gladney need to work on the most for the staff to be confident he's not only going to be ready to play, but can play well? Well, from a technique standpoint, I think he's further ahead because you watch film on, like, again, he and Dantzler, they both rolled up quite a bit and jammed and did those things. So there, there's not a huge learning curve. I mean, technique is always something that you have to work on. The main thing is mental. I mean, his biggest challenge is going to be between the ears and learning what coverages are and learning what offenses are trying to do to you with specific routes. And, you know, we gave up um, an uncharacteristic amount of explosive passes during the year. And they weren't all, they weren't, most of them were not because our guys couldn't run or couldn't cover. They were mental errors. They were mistakes. They were lacking you know, a lack of communication, those kinds of things. So for a younger player, you know, it's it, the game just keeps, you know, the game just gets more and more complicated and you have to love watching film. You have to love learning about coverages. You have to love learning about what offenses are trying to do. So um, the learning curve is going to be steep for, you know, for him. And the question is going to be whether or not, you know, he can take coaching in the, in the, in the uh, team rooms out onto the field. Pete Bursich, Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. It is Craig and John on your home for Vikings games in Sioux Falls, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Pete played linebacker for the Vikings late 90s, on the coaching staff early 2000s, radio analyst during games with Paul Allen in the booth almost ever since. And you've mentioned Danzler. It sounds like you like him. He hasn't been mentioned or talked about as much because he wasn't within the first couple of rounds. So what's the book on him? Well, I think Cameron Dance is one of the guys that uh, suffered because of uh, you know the, the uh, social distancing and the lack of pro days. You know, he ran a, a disappointing four six four at the combine, and now that you can watch the combine and everything on you know on TV. You know, you you can hear Deion Sanders before he's even finished talking about, yeah, he got off to a slow start. It was a bad start. So that that question and speed, I think, you know, really really pushed him down. Um, if had he run a four, you know, high four four, I think Dancer would have been definitely a second round type player. Um, now he did make a video of him running a forty and gave it to the scouts, but. You know they're not they're not gonna you know bank you know millions of dollars on a draft pick on on a homemade video, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but when you watch him on film against teams like Louisiana State and some of the, you know some of the other top teams, he, he's not a step slow. I mean he, he's fast enough to run. So regardless of what he runs in the forty, 
he's got this, he has the game speed. And, again, I, I think he's the kind of guy that maybe fell for the third round because of uh Hey, Pete, with the offseason adjustments, the draft, on paper, right now, between the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, which team has the better talent on paper right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I, I'm always I'm always going to say the Vikings. I mean, it, you know, it's, it just is what it is. I mean, you know, Green Bay, you know, they, they have some holes to fill as well, and you know, with the way they were, with the way they drafted and the way they did things, I mean, they had a, uh, a big running back, uh, which would fit nicely because when you play against the Packers, you're just worried about stopping Aaron Rodgers in the passing game. So, whoever's, I would, you know, that's like the best job in the world is to be a running back to the Packers because you're never going to see eight guys in the box. You're never going to see a defense just try to stop the run. No one's ever going to go into the Lambeau Field saying we better stop the run because Rodgers is the one that's going to kill you. Um, so, you know, he, depending on how well he runs and if he gives them enough juice, you know, they're, they're offensively, they're pretty much the same team that we've seen the last couple of years. So, you know, for us, I think for the Vikings, you lost a lot of talent. Uh, one good wide receiver and a lot of talent on defense, especially at the corner position. The question is, is uh, – can these young guys step up and you know fill the you know fill those holes? And one of the things though it, it gives you is that being so young in the secondary, you're going to get better as the season goes on. So if things are not great early in the season, you know it's not a reason it's not a reason to just you know say forget it. It's not like you have a bunch of five and seven year veterans out there who are stinking up the joint. You've got young players who should continually improve week to week to week. Last one I have for you, Pete, and that is your reaction to what the Packers did to go up and get Jordan Love. And also, where do we go from here, especially if you're Aaron Rodgers? Do you put yourself in the shoes of teammates? Do we need Aaron Rodgers to speak publicly to calm the waters? Because there's a lot of infighting, it seems like, between the player and the coaching staff and the front office and certainly amongst fans who are probably split on, on all this and whose side to pick, uh, does he need to come out and say anything? And then where do you see this all headed? I don't know. I mean, you know, players, are, players are supposed to play the game and coaches coach and the GMs, who's going to be in the field. And, you know, when a player tries, tries, a, tries their hat on the GM role, that it's always – scary. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a professional. He gets paid to play the game at the best of his ability and, and his position. That, that, that does not mean his opinion matters in who he has around him. Now, privately, behind closed doors, that's fine. But, to, you know, for things to go out in public and, you know, things like, you know, things to be said that way, you know, that's a, that's to my, in my opinion, that's a player just overstepping their bounds. Um, you know, he could be saying that for a number of reasons. He could be saying that just in case he has a bad year. You know, he's setting the table. He's giving himself some cushion, if you will. I mean, I don't know. But, um, you know, as long as it's ha- all that's happening in Wisconsin, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. You know, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers have arguably had the best quarterback in the league since 1992. Right? That's almost mm-hmm. 30. That's almost 30 years that they've had unbelievable quarterback 
or quarterback play. And, you know, they drafted another kid, you know, early. And, you know, can they get lucky three times in a row? That's, you know, my odds are no. But, you know, you never know. Maybe this kid will have what, you know, what they need and what they, you know, what they want and then take over seamlessly like Rodgers did for Brett Favre. But, like I said, they've you, you got to sit back and look and, and, and see what has been the engine of the Green Bay Packers for the last 30 years, and that's been the play of their quarterbacks. And so we'll see. I mean, we saw it happen when Rodgers got hurt. They were very average very quickly. So, you know, Aaron's, I'm sure, trying to hold that over their head as well. It makes, you know, try to make some more money. Yeah. Anything left for Pete, Craig? No, I, I agree with you. Uh, Vikings fans have had enough uh, criticism against the, our pack, our quarterbacks and how we're trying to deal with the starter. It's kind of on the other foot now with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. How they're going to react to it. After all that. 30, Let them deal with it. Let them deal with it. Yeah. 30 years yeah. of you it I mean? since uh, Tommy Kramer. Yes. It's been the revolving door and the aging uh, last stop for guys and uh, Pete, we always appreciate your time, and uh, be well. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day. All right. You got it. Uh, he's the radio analyst, Minnesota Vikings Radio Network, Pete Bursich. Reaction to that, we'd, we'd love to hear it from you, 336-1230. If you have it, 336-1230. We have some he- local headlines for you, including could – South Dakota or South Dakota State be a landing spot for a Big Ten quarterback who's entered the transfer portal. I have some answers and some intel next on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Follow the show. Respond to the show. Vote in our polls and get the latest sports news on Twitter. Go to Twitter.com slash KWSN Sports.